This is another episode of On the Grid by Z Prime. Love your energy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Z Prime On the Grid. For now, I am your host, Dylan Lockwood, uh, but I will be turning it over in a second. I just wanted to open up by saying that this episode is sponsored by NREL and the American Made Solar Prize. There will be information about uh, the Solar Prize and how you can get involved in the description of this episode. So please check below. Uh, and with that, I will pass it over to my new colleague, Joyce Dooley, who will be talking with Terra Solar founder and Solar Prize winner, Jenny Yoshimoto. Thanks, Dylan. Really appreciate the opportunity. So hello, everyone. I'm Joyce Dooley, I'm an Emerging Technologies and Innovation Specialist that gets to guest host today's show. I'm incredibly excited about it um, because joining us today is Jenny Yoshimoto. She's the founder of Terra Solar and winner of the American Made Solar Prize competition. Jenny also happens to be one of the amazing humans within the community at Geekdom Coworking Space here in San Antonio, Texas. Um, Jenny, I would love it if you would take a minute to just share a little bit about yourself um, before we dive into the questions. Oh, thank you so much, Joyce. Um, I appreciate you saying I'm an amazing human. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, I'm a founder, the founder and CEO of Terra Solar. Um, this is a company that I want to start to really make solar more accessible to many more people. So right now we're developing a do-it-yourself solar kit that you would be able to put up yourself in under three hours. And um, we're going for lots of different applications for this, for rural, residential, disaster recovery, military. And the point is really just to have a product out there that people can quickly, easily assemble themselves. And then when they're ready to move, just take it down and bring it with them. So I've been super fortunate to get really great hookups in San Antonio and the Austin area. And I'm really excited to talk about that today and how the American Made Solar Prize works. And um, yeah, I'm just, I'm thankful for this interview. Thanks, Joyce. Yeah, no, I I thought it was just, you know, kismet basically when I was approached to, to help out on this project and the first person that I get to speak to is you, um, which I think is incredibly fitting and a fantastic treat for myself and hopefully for our listeners. Um, so before we kind of give all the secret sauce away, why don't you kind of share with everybody how you made the leap into the solar field to become an entrepreneur? Because I don't think that that was your initial uh, thought process when you were doing this, right? Oh, definitely not. Um, no, I'm a scientist by training. I did genetics and um, that's my background. And we moved to San Antonio about four years ago. We bought our first house ever, which is so exciting. And it needed just a ton of work. So I was doing drywall and tiling, just everything that I could possibly do myself to save money and, you know, get it as beautiful as possible. I really, really wanted solar on our roof because uh, being green and environmentally friendly is very important to me. And also, you know, it reduces your monthly bill. So it seemed like a no brainer. Mm. But then um, once I was shopping around and getting quotes for solar, um, of course, the price is pretty high. And there's really not a do it yourself, um, <clears throat> excuse me, do it yourself option out there on the market. So I started thinking, why is that? You know, why isn't there a product that I could put up in the sunny spot in my yard? And I could do it myself without climbing on the roof or without requiring a really advanced degree in uh, mechanical engineering or electrical engineering. So I mm. just started rolling with this idea kind of out of necessity. Necessity is the mother of invention, right? Yeah, so, I mean, I think that that's such a great journey. 
Um, yeah, I mean, if there's something you want, might as well go build it yourself, right? <laughs> so <laughs> um, I just started talking with more people, and it seemed like this was a problem that a lot of people were having, that they had either too much shade on their roof or the cost was too much. Um, but really a big problem that I've been recognizing is that people move a lot. So if a person doesn't know that they're going to be at their house for the next 10 years or so, it really doesn't make a lot of sense to them to invest in solar because you're not necessarily getting all of that investment back in your resale value. So people are like, well, I don't know. I don't want to commit the time or the money to do that. So I really started thinking about an option that you could bring with you to bring your investment with you to your next place. So that's where I started rolling. Yeah, I think that that's a really fascinating thing to to touch on as well. You know, I've recently started looking into the the solar market and doing some um, helping out on some side projects, and uh, the return of investment for solar panels just for homeowners in general can be kind of questionable, mm-hmm. um, having to do with like maintenance and whether or not they fully understand the system that they put in place. But I hadn't even thought about what happens when they pick up and move and the challenges associated with that when you've sunk in, you know, an investment like solar panels um, on the rooftop versus other, um, you know, innovative solutions like what you're talking about with Terra Solar. Um, So this is a really inspiring thing, I think, for, you know, DIYers out there. Um, Can you kind of expand on your experiences as you moved from DIYer to entrepreneur and the role that community has played so far? Sure. Um, yes, it, it did start with a DIY basis, right? Of like, I'm just going to figure this out and start making it. So that was, um, it was fun to jump into that because then, you know, your first stop is YouTube videos and <laughs> how, how would I make my own solar system? And a lot of the videos out there are extremely complex. You know, it's, it's really the prepper type people who are living out in the woods and it's like, okay, go to Home Depot and get these 150 items, you know, and it's like, oh, okay, this seems like, you know, a a big project. So um, the do-it-yourself options that are out there, it was really daunting. So I just started looking around to see how can this be easier and also how to make an attractive um, attractive installation. Because, you know, if this is going to go in my yard, then I want it to be looking good. So one fun stop I made on this journey at the beginning was at 10 Bitworks, which is in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And it's a makerspace. So you just, you know, pay a monthly subscription. You go and play with all their machines and everything. And... It was incredibly helpful to get hooked up with help there. So uh, one person there, Don Smeller, was an engineer, and he's just he was just totally encouraging and on board and helping me figure out how I would physically build this myself or how to continue developing it as a product. So meeting him right off the bat was a great first step. And I feel like a lot of the entrepreneurs I've been talking with have that one um, fairy godmother type person, you know, who they mm-hmm. meet right off the bat and are encouraging them. Um, and then from there, I was just able to connect with San Antonio's amazing entrepreneur um, ecosystem, they always say. And um, I got hooked up with Epicenter, the energy incubator and accelerator here in San Antonio, as well as Launch SA, which is uh, headquartered downtown at the downtown library. And they help entrepreneurs develop their ideas as well. So it's it's just been taking off from there. I routinely work also with Monique Long White at the Small Business Development Centers. Oh, Tech she's Commercial. fabulous. 
Oh, she is so fabulous. I'm sorry, I should say Dr. <laughs> Monique Long White. Um, she's awesome. And she was one of those initial people too, who you just instantly connect mm -hmm. with. And um, she's been with me on this whole path. So that's just, it's just been tremendous. Um, then also I, I stopped at the normal entrepreneur um, checkpoints along the way, which include geek, uh, uh, Geekdom and doing their three-day startup program. And I was also able to hook up with Z Prime through uh, Austin's, uh, what was it? It was a three-day startup program there. And they mm. were somehow connected with Z Prime. So I get to see the Z Prime folks a lot at conferences and they've been wonderful encouragers as well. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a fantastic team. And so many of the resources that you talked about too, I think are, they're not um, like hidden gems in the San Antonio area, but I think it's those things that you kind of have to discover, right? As you're getting out of your initial comfort zone and the things that you're mostly focused on. And as you were leaving, you know, a background in genetics to get into this, you know, solar entrepreneurship, um, I think that you've been led to some really fantastic resources and support systems to help you kind of iterate on these ideas and have a firm foundation, not just for your prototype, but for your business. Oh um, my gosh, it's been so wonderful. And I know that I always yeah. have a commercial when I list all of them, but this is how <laughs> I talk to like every entrepreneur starting out. I'm like, let me tell you about all these awesome, awesome places. And really they, they each provide something different. And you're mm -hmm. right. It's, it's not that they're hidden gems, but it was a uh, kind of long path to find each place, you know, to hear about them and what do they do and, okay, I'll try them out and figure out who to talk to there. So, um, yeah, it's it's been tremendously helpful and I hope that they're, uh, you know, I'm, I'm always hopeful to encourage people in the entrepreneur community and help them uh, find the resources that they need as well. Yeah, no, um, you know, just having a background as a consultant and like when people pursue research, like people are really great at researching things. The, the hard part is figuring out really how to contextualize the information that they find and then apply it in a way that makes sense or even how to apply it. Right. Um, and I think that, uh, yeah, you can do a cursory research of, you know, what's happening in San Antonio in terms of entrepreneurial systems, but having somebody kind of like you step in and say, oh, let me tell you all these things, and this is how it actually works, and this is who you should go talk to, saves everybody a lot of time and energy and helps them get to their, you know, resolutions faster, get to market faster, and so um, I love that that's been your experience so far, because it's been my experience as well, um, so I love celebrating um, these wonderful people and resources in San Antonio. Um, Speaking of, you know, startup culture, entrepreneurship, you know, they tend to say in startup culture that you want to, you know, fail fast, right? So they celebrate failing quickly. Um, but you haven't been doing this very long. And it seems, you know, from the outside looking in that you're absolutely crushing it right out of the gate. How comfortable have you had to become with um, essentially experimenting with your business and your prototype at the same time? Uh, thank you for saying that. I'm definitely not crushing it right out of the gate. Um, this, this, to me, it feels like it's been a really slow process. I looked back at pictures from like two and a half years ago and I was like, oh, that was like, I started way back then. Like, it feels like I've only been going for like a year, but, um, it's really been picking up steam and traction lately. So, um, okay. So what was your question, Joyce? I got, I got so I it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, you know, perception is everything. Um, 
But like, really, like, how comfortable have you had to become with essentially like just doing a lot of experimentation with both the business side of things, right? Like really learning how to build a business in like at the same time with having to build a prototype and going through, you know, iterative design with that. Um, So that that, was experiences. It was, and it is super tricky doing both at the same time because neither one are in my background. So it felt almost like two steep hills to be climbing up, you know? So Mm -hmm. um, it's been interesting and it's been really a journey of self-discovery because it's like, you know, you have to do things to advance your business and your prototype. And then throughout the process, you know, I was reflecting a lot on, do I like doing these things? So even now, um, managing both the product development and the business sides, it is um, very time consuming and demanding. And I'm trying to decide like which, which parts can I give away essentially and find people to do these jobs more for me. Um, but the experimenting has been fun, you know, because it's, it's almost like trying out a new job for six months. And, you know, if you like it, you like it. And if you don't, then try something else. So it's it's been a really interesting journey wearing these different hats. And a lot of it being fun has been dependent on the people that I've met. Um, so right now we're prototyping with Texas State University. I have a senior design mm-hmm. team there and they are they are really crushing it. They are doing an amazing job and coming up with wonderful ideas. So it feels like once I have the team rolling, you know, that I can be giving away the stress, a lot of the stress and a lot of the responsibilities about where's the prototype going. So I'm very thankful for that and I'm very thankful for um, epicenter providing me coaching so frequently um, in the entrepreneurial side. So I feel like on both ends of the spectrum there between prototyping and entrepreneur development, it's really covered by people who know much more than I do since <laughs> I am still a novice and um, it, it would be a much more difficult journey for sure if they weren't there. But um, I know that I'm talking a lot about being thankful, but Really, this has been a journey of trust and, you know, trusting that other people are guiding me the right way in that they're not just like, you know, BSing me that, oh, that's a great idea, you know, and pushing me along. But they're really trying to help develop this good idea because they see it as something valuable. I feel like that has been a very special part of this project of Mm -hmm. people getting on board and feeling that there's something special about developing this product that makes clean energy accessible to a lot of people. Um, So it feels like it has been no problem, um, not necessarily convincing, but just talking about this project and people seeing its value. So that has been easy, essentially. The hard part, I guess, has been talking myself into it every day, you know, Mm. especially in such a new field. There's just so much, uh, what is the term for it? Oh, imposter syndrome. So much imposter syndrome, you know, like, what am I even doing? Because you see these people who are business people and they're just so full of bravado. And it's like, Mm -hmm. wow, they have got it together, you know. Um, But this is, this is just kind of like faking it till you make it, right? Um, 
So it's just having confidence in the idea and that the people behind it are just doing an amazing job. Yeah, well, I love so many things about, you know, what what you've said about your experiences with this and, um, you know, and, it, and it's totally okay that you keep talking because this is what we're here. Like, we're here to share your story on how you've really been experiencing things and pursued this. And, you know, I want to take a moment to encourage you as well, Jenny, because people who tend to struggle with the imposter syndrome or who feel like, well, I'm starting to get ready to initiate, to begin learning these things and that maybe I'm not as far along as other people. So I have to kind of walk back what I'm doing, but you're building your business and your technology solutions every single day that you show up to pursue it. And that in and of itself means that you are doing far more than people who never begin at all. And so really there's a lot to learn, but there is always more to discover. There's always more to, to, to learn and to be challenged by. Um, and there's always people who know more, which is fantastic because you don't have to be the end all be all answer for all these things. And so I think it's just fantastic that you've managed to position yourself within a community that is so collaborative, that wants to assist you, that believes in what you're doing and has validated that your idea has legs and that it can run very far. Um, and so you're on the right track and just continue to remind yourself that you are doing these things, which means that you are a professional in this field because you pursue it every day. And I think that that's amazing. Um, I, th so I think you're right about that. Like if the more that I use the terms, you know, I founded this, you know, and I'm mm -hmm. doing this, um, it does feel more real. I guess at the beginning, it's so hard not to compare yourself with the other businesses that you see in these yeah. sitting right next to you. You know, like I would be going to competitions my very first year and I'm like, what am I even doing here? Because these people I'm competing against are like, oh, we have $1.5 million in funding. We're looking for another million. And I'm like, um, I have $0. <laughs> I'm looking for $20,000. So it's, it's odd. Um, in these competitions because you're supposed to be competing against very early stage companies, but that definition is between like, you oh, know, yeah. zero and 3 million. So yes. <laughs> yeah. So to be at the zero end, it's like, uh, <laughs> I feel like I walked into the wrong room. Uh, yeah, but no, that's the right room because you're clearly <laughs> standing out. And speaking of competitions, one of the things that we really wanted to talk about and learn more about is your experiences with the American made solar prize competition. You know, what, let's take a look at your application, you know, process and, and what was it like? Sure. Um, so that was a fun experience, um, being in the competition. The first time I applied, it was during the Department of Energy's first round of the competition. And I was very, very early stage. I had a totally different view on what this product would look like and I didn't have a team so my application was not super strong but I just wanted to get it out there because I didn't um, exactly know how this competition was going to run since it was the first round ever. This is different than a normal grant cycle um, especially with the Department of Energy or a huge organization like that because you know normally you apply for a grant and it takes you like two months to write it and then you don't hear back for another six months um, if you won or not and then the funding for that takes another couple months. So a very slow, uh, rigorous process as opposed to this American Made Solar Prize which is designed to be very fast moving 
and invest in innovative solutions. So it's a real cool stepwise process um, to mm. where at the first uh, stage called the ready, they've got ready, set and go stages. Um, the winners of the ready stage, there are 20 of them per round and they all get $50,000 and then like three months to advance to a really solid proof of concept or prototype. And then they're judged again. And then, you know, some teams move on and then there's a final judging. So I went through the ready stage um, this past spring and that was during the American Made Solar Prizes round three competition. So I didn't win during round one. And then, you know, you apply for something and you don't get it. So you're like, okay, I must not be what they're looking for. So, I wasn't even going to apply again ever, but then I ran into the organizers of the prize, Debbie and Sarah, at a conference, and they were like, you should totally apply again. And I was like, <laughs> okay, I will, you know, because I've already got part of the application written already, and um, I had really advanced since then. So that was probably a year and a half, or no, a year had passed um, since that first application. So I had a really strong team and a much clearer idea of where I was headed. I think it also helped a lot that I had a very small scale prototype. Mm. Um, what's funny is that in competitions, if you have any kind of prototype at all, it sounds very good. You know, even if there's not any further questioning about does this function or is it just, you know, a visual prototype, just to have something in real life to show that you're moving and you're joining with people to develop this, um, it really says a lot. So um, that helps, but especially forming the team helps. So um, in the round three, I got it and I got the funding and then uh, the pandemic hit. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> naturally. Yeah. Then, yikes. Um, then it was a scramble um, to really figure out how am I going to work this? How am I going to work my resources and continue developing? Because the time is ticking, you know, just because the pandemic happens and is still happening doesn't mean that the clock stopped on the competition. So that was pretty stressful, um, but we did it and we got a proof of concept out and it's functioning. So that was, that was so encouraging. Also in the middle of that competition, I applied for the Texas State University Ventures Program. And um, I was fortunate enough to win that. So with that, I get uh, office space and funding and entrepreneur help at Texas State. So that has been tremendously helpful, further plugging me into this local community of developers and entrepreneurs. So um, things are just rolling. I think that, man. Oh, I'm so, I'm so happy about this. So No, I think that that's so fantastic. You know, I first became aware of the American Made Solar Prize competition, I believe, at Z Prime Research's Solar Storage Fest that yes. happened, I think, end of last year. Um, and I remember chatting with some ladies from American Made Solar, and they were passing out little flyers. And then uh, just a few months or weeks later, David Jones actually mentioned that you had won the prize competition, and I thought that that was fantastic. And so... Um, you know, your work and your reputation is definitely having ripple effects through our community. And I thought it was uh, pretty fantastic that someone in my own backyard uh, won the competition. Um, and it's clearly helped open a lot of doors for you to continue to pursue things like what you were talking about at the, the different universities and those teams that you're working on. Um, it really I guess, is. And I feel what? like um, 
I feel like being able to say that I'm a Department of Energy funded researcher or funded startup says mm-hmm. a lot. So I feel like any applications I put in from now on, it's going to have, you know, that big magic seal of Department of Energy approves of this. So that uh, that says a lot. And I would really encourage anyone listening um, if you are at all interested in the American Made Solar Prize, check it out. Um, okay, so this will be like my little commercial for them. Do it. <laughs> um, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, so they're on the Hero X platform, which is really cool um, in and of itself because it hosts a lot of different challenges, not just from the Department of Energy, but from NASA and um, who else? USDA had one, but also from different companies. Like one was like a chocolate company about like how can we source our chocolate better and there are all these different topics that you know even if you're mildly interested you might as well be like well here's an idea and type it up and submit it and see what comes of that so a lot of the challenges there the initial screening process is just typing up you know what's your idea and give it a try so um it's it's very exciting for me to see that there is a platform like that where people can just be like well here's a thought you know and it it's very uh no pressure no commitment just like start rolling with your ideas so okay so anyway so check out hero x see what's on there and that's where the uh american made solar price is as well yeah i i think that that's that's a fantastic thing to to mention and i was actually leading into my next question which was you know how would you share with aspiring DIYers, you know who how to get into solar projects or how to pursue their passions and it sounds like you know american made solar and their hero x you know portal is a really great place to kind of get started and not maybe just you know, some people have a hard time ideating, right, on passion projects. So how do I go find, like, things to work on or what are people currently doing? And, again, you can get lost in Google rabbit holes, you know, forever. Um, so having it kind of all in one place about, oh, people are thinking about these kinds of things, too. It, one, it makes you feel part of a community. And, and two, it can help really focus, like, what you're passionate about, where you think you fit and your skills and creativity, you know, and, and have a place to apply it. Um, I think that's phenomenal. What other sort of advice can you provide people who are like, I'm so passionate about clean technology, sustainable energy projects, and getting involved in my community, and I would love to figure out how to do what you're doing. Um, What other things would you tell them? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, So this sounds really basic and obvious, but Facebook groups have been super helpful to me (laughs) because it's, it's normal people talking about what the problems mm-hmm. are or hear some ideas and they don't necessarily have the teammates or the resources to move those ideas forward. Um, part of the American Made Solar Prize is they have people on that HeroX platform who aren't necessarily submitting a package, but they're just like, here's a problem I've noticed, period. You know, and it's just mm. pointing out a gap in the market, which is cool, you know, like solar in snowy areas you know how how are you gonna do that you're gonna make a cleaning system you're gonna make something that's makes the snow right. not to it you're gonna have it burned off somehow you know who knows um and people will just post like here's a problem so that's where you gotta start right is figuring out what's the problem and then start finding your teammates so 
Starting at that Makerspace 10-bit works um, really was helpful because then it was immediate hands-on trying of different shapes and structures and seeing, oh yeah, that obviously won't work or this will work. And those are the type of people who are just so helpful to, and they're just really are digging, ideating, and just coming up with new solutions and prototypes. So in general, I feel like makerspaces are a great place to connect with people mm-hmm. who want to get ideas out there and are very, very creative. Well, and especially if you're having, you know, like a hardware component, right? I feel like there's so many open yeah. source software, SaaS platform type things that you can plug in. And there's now all this machine learning. Like it's, it's yes. easier than ever to access, I think, the software side of things versus the actual physical prototypes of building out devices. And so makerspaces are those really rich, you know, reserves of talent and like-minded people who are, who love to help, right? Who are incredibly creative and collaborative. Um, I think, you know, not everybody gets to be as fortunate as you and I to live in an awesome place like San Antonio, where we really have done a great job as a community to have a collaborative partnership oriented, um, you know, uh, leaders in these spaces to really bring us all together. Um, So you mentioned previously um, Dr. Monique Longwhite from the UTSA's um, Small Business Development Center, who's in the tech commercialization department Mm -hmm. for the SBDC, right? So if you don't have, you know, a 10-bit work, but you've got makerspaces in the community, you can go find those areas aligning yourselves with the Small Business Administration or Association and um, the SBDCs in your area, as well as finding those contacts like Dr. Um, Longwhite um, in the tech commercialization side, that your taxpayer dollars pay into whatever regional department. So it's advisement for free. They can guide you through these processes and not just help you figure out how to build the technical components, but how to also get to market, right, and commercialize the thing that you're building as well. Um, and then I think another great resource that maybe a lot of people don't really leverage to the fullest because it's kind of a social media, but like LinkedIn, LinkedIn is a great place if you're passionate to just like start posting your own thoughts, leadership pieces and blogs or commenting on other stuff or reaching out and saying, Hey, I read your article or I followed you or I saw your summit. I think this is a fantastic thing. I'm passionate about it. Can I pick your brain? People are more than happy to have those kinds of conversations on LinkedIn and actually can send you to some really interesting places as a result. That's a great point. Um, to be like directly jumping into professional circles like that. Um, I also want to say mm-hmm. that jumping into conferences, you know, not now because of pandemic time, but um, mm. just signing myself up for conferences, even if I knew that it was going to be totally overwhelming and I wouldn't know the material, you know, I just go with my notebook and just write down as if this was like a lecture class and just be learning as much as I could about the industry, what is currently out there, what's not. And it's, it's interesting because if you have an idea in mind and you can hear that people keep talking around this gap, it's like this, this really feels like something true, you know, like a true mm-hmm. gap in the market. Um, so I went to a couple of different solar conferences and um, one was very interesting in that it was for solar professionals who, and it was, it was really like a nice, you know, black suit type event where 
um, it was mostly the owners and top people, top executives of solar installation companies. And somebody on stage had asked who in the audience here has solar on their own roofs. And it was like less than five or 10%. It was mm -hmm. shocking. And I was like, oh mm -hmm. my gosh, what? what <laughs> like these people who own solar companies don't have solar on their own roofs and everybody kept being like well i don't know if i'm gonna you know be living in this house for the next 10 years or so and i was like do you guys see this gap in the market like <laughs> um, have i got a product for you uh, <laughs> yeah that's yeah. a great way to do it uh, I'm gonna, oh go ahead no i mean i was just gonna celebrate you for this i mean i'm gonna celebrate you regardless because you're amazing um, but like the con, yeah, the conference angle is a really powerful thing. If you can find a way to, to afford it, to get in, right. Because, yes. you know, they can, especially prior to the pandemic and things moving to a virtual environment, you know, going to industry conferences could be incredibly expensive, like not even counting travel costs, but just getting into those conferences. And so for people who are curious how to really tap into the benefits, you know, a lot of conferences will one call for papers so if you really want to talk about share your ideas um you could also team up with people and ask to be moderators um or you can volunteer there's a lot of stuff that goes into putting on those kinds of events and so volunteering typically gets you like at least a free general admission to go to these conferences and to just be a sponge and absorb and listen the way that you did um but they're fantastic resources of the industry information that you're talking about um, and it's a really good way to do some immersion um, into a, a new topic or market that you're really interested in to learn the jargon, to learn those pain points, the, the opportunities that you're talking about. So I think it's fantastic that you did that for yourself. Um, I just, I felt it was critical, especially being such a newbie in the field. Mm -hmm. So um, I know that this sounds ridiculous, but the whole first year of development, I had like a $2,000 budget. Um, and it, you know, I was having to be a real penny pincher about where was I going to spend that. So deciding to go to a conference, you know, where the fees are like, you know, $600 for four days yeah. and then, you know, a uh, flight and a hotel on top of that, that was a big decision, but I had to keep telling myself, you know, I got to invest in something if this is going to go. Mm -hmm. anywhere. So, um, starting off at such a low, um, I say, I say it's a low level, but you know, I understand that a lot of businesses start off with much, much less. So it's, yeah, yeah it's figuring out how to play the game with the resources that you have. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, at those conferences, I was able to connect to a lot of people and not just hear the gaps in the market, but to see who is working where, like where the big focus of industry is. And that was tremendously helpful you know you can see what is currently being developed and oh i don't need to be entering that space you know because it's already crowded so you can see mm -hmm. um you know where the research is focused and where it's currently lacking so that was great and that solar and storage conference that you went to that was that same one where i connected with the american-made solar organizers um that Man. was who was manning the table yeah so that was obviously uh, Clearly, we were meant to hang out, Jenny. <laughs> yes. Yep. Um, so yeah, so <laughs> so go. go. Uh, and I guess yeah. what I, I want to say is, part of it was very intimidating, you know, because mm. it's kind of like, uh, you know, I'm I'm here on my own, and people are always like, "What company are you with?" And like, yeah, 
time I'd be like, I'm with myself. <laughs> and like, I didn't have a company name or a product or anything. So it was always like a weird look of like, oh, hello, weird yeah. lady wants to hang out at Power Gen International, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Nerd alert. I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I understand. So I, I think I can contribute a lot of my professional development experiences through all the times that I've been at conferences through my work at the, the consulting firms I was at. And I mean, even, you know, working for Geekdom, I was very fortunate that they paid for me to go to a couple of conferences. And then earlier this year in February, I sent myself on a professional development vacation to an, an IoT industry conference out in uh, Fort Lauderdale. And it was the first time that I was going as an independent you know, emerging technologies um, analyst, just to go and kind of touch base with my field outside of program management. Um, and I'm so glad I did it. Um, but it is, it was kind of a weird untethered feeling, right? Like going there, like, so who are you with? And why are you here? And I'm like, I'm here because I want to be here. And I'm moderating panels and I'm here to learn. And everyone's sort of like, oh, um, okay. And the business development part side of me was like, ah, oh, there's so much I want to do, but there was no mechanism for it, you know, cause I was there independently. So, um, I think it's a brave act for anybody who has ideas to put themselves into new environments like that, especially if you don't have something that tethers you like a, like a company or, you know, an identity as, uh, somebody in that field. Um, and then to also just build what you're building, it takes a lot of courage. To, to do a lot of that so you know congratulations oh thank you it's it's scary for sure uh, mm -hmm. yes it would take a lot of psyching myself up um to get that far because you know even even going without business cards or anything it's just, mm -hmm. it, it's weird right because you're just like no oh, it's hanging out um but it felt like that same feeling a lot of the time for many many months so it wasn't just at conferences but you know like going to geekdom which is just a super welcoming place yeah but you know people are always like what are you working on and you're like uh i don't really know yet <laughs> um just here to but you were doing research which i think is so crucial yeah. <laughs> to getting started is you know you have there's a lot to learn before you can say i'm fully doing this thing especially if yeah. you know you're coming at it from a, a new perspective um i think that that's so refreshing too about how you come into these things is that you know you really do have a fresh perspective um and i think that how you're approaching this sounds very strategic and makes a lot of sense and probably goes back to your training as a geneticist right and using the scientific method to, to conduct your research and to go find use cases and other articles to support the things that you were researching so you know you seem to be doing it pretty well with great results so far it definitely does involve a scientific method so i'll tell you one thing that seemed very sciencey is applying to all these different opportunities so you know once you start applying then you get feedback and you see what you did wrong and you just keep trying and trying and it it feels like optimizing an experiment you know um like oh that didn't work so let me let me tweak it a little bit and it felt good to come at it from that perspective instead of like mm -hmm. oh no another failure this is never going to work you know to not be thinking thinking of each failure as an absolute but as a well let's try the next experiment so i had a running spreadsheet of 
different opportunities that I was thinking of applying for and what I have already applied for and the results of those. So I told myself that to win one competition or one award or something like that, I would have to apply for 20. And mm -hmm. that felt really good once I came up with that system, because then each loss, it wasn't like another crushing disappointment. It was, right. oh, I'm one step closer, you know, one step closer to winning. And um, I realized on this journey at a conference that 20 was probably an underestimate of how many I needed to realistically be preparing for. One guy who I was talking with who competed and won at the competition that I was at said that that was his 75th pitch at the competition. Oh. And I was like, oh my gosh, how do you keep going? <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, the look on his face was, it was, it was just pure joy and relief in everything. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, so t I would encourage people, you know, if you're trying things and losing, you're just another step closer to a win. You're not, you know, continuing yeah. down your path forever. Um, but along the path, it, it was really critical to be listening to people and listening to the results of these competitions and separately from competitions to be investigating and doing customer discovery seriously. So I did an yeah. I-Corps program um, at Texas State University, which is really big on teaching you how to talk to customers. So it's it's talking to customers in a way of really understanding and hearing their pains instead of guiding them into a response like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if, you know, like if you could put up your own mm -hmm. solar, um, but just being like, have you thought of solar? You know, oh, why did you decide not to? You know, and really hearing what their problems are. So that was critical throughout this whole process was listening and refining that way, as well as listening and refining to the results of whatever I was applying for. Same with yeah. prototyping, I guess, you know, of kind mm -hmm. of listening to your product and seeing what's wrong there and what it needs. So, yeah. Listening. I think, yeah, you're touching on some really great, amazing things. Um, one, I got a little pang of nostalgia for a second because the, what it, wouldn't it be cool if dot, 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 question mark was actually one of the taglines on the original Geekdom co-working t-shirts. Um, nine years ago yeah um and so but it's that that curiosity and that um openness to discovery i think you really have to be a curious person who seeks you know clarification or you know talent or whatever that is to help you move through the entrepreneurial and development processes because if you're not constantly curious and you think that you know the answer you know, the answer, um, not just an answer to how to solve these problems, um, you you kind of limit yourself in what can your product can, and or business can really become. Um, yeah. and, I, and I love that you brought up competitions as a really great mechanism for startups um, and entrepreneurs and, and prototypers to, to pursue um, because you can get a lot of validation, right? Third-party validation for the ideas that you have, even if it's not, oh, my stuff works right now but other people see the value and the benefit and they give you a platform. You also get practice, you know, pitching and presenting your ideas in front of a variety of people. Um, I think that those are all fantastic things to encourage people to do. How do you find the balance though? And, you know, I'm really going to pick your brain on this because you are only one woman and now you have a team across two universities doing some cool stuff with you and mm -hmm. a lot of support network, but how do you balance applying and participating in competitions? with the actual business and technical development work that you have to do to drive your stuff forward. 
Yes, that is tricky. I actually thought you were going to say about being a human too. Um, oh yeah, and you're a human. <laughs> that's, that's an important part too. Um, honestly, I would say the balancing the human part is really the most mm. important. I was learning through this process that when I'd be so focused on these are the tasks that I have to do, and here's my giant you know laundry list of here's what I have to apply for, here's who I have to contact, oh, I got to get these parts, things like that, that my brain was just overwhelmed and I wasn't able to brainstorm like I used to be able to. When I wasn't taking the time, like actually scheduling the time to step back and let my mind wander and see different possibilities. You know, you can be just like so in the grind that you just don't, you're not able to dedicate any more time or mental energy to seeing what else could be out there. So that I'm still learning, but um, I'm getting better at that. And that requires like actual whole days set aside of like, nope, I'm gonna put my laptop and my notebook away and just be free to wander. And it's it's a mental wandering. And for me, it's like a physical wandering. Like I'll just go drive around and then have mm -hmm. ideas and it's wonderful. Um, so being able to do that and to take steps back um, from the daily grind has been so helpful. Um, how do I balance prototype development and entrepreneurial development? That's really, um, <laughs> again, that's, 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 that is a big question. And truly what helps me a lot is, um, my interactions with Epicenter and the coaches mm. there. So they require me to make an agenda of what we're going to talk about in our meetings, which are every other week. So it's at that point when I'm like making up, <laughs> what am I going to talk about? It's also making up, what am I planning to do the next two weeks? And by being forced to like actually sit and think about goals every other week and type them out and other people are going to read them, like that, <laughs> that is the big driver of focusing how am I going to get this done? What are the most critical points that have to be done? So whether you have a coach or not, I would encourage you to at least every other week be typing out what is the game plan because it's just so easy to just keep rolling and rolling and rolling and thinking about mm -hmm. you know the daily tasks. So yeah, it's great to take a step back that way as well. No, I think that all of that is really fantastic advice. And I mean, I have, I love our conversation and I, I know that you and I are going to continue to have this, um, you know, later on, but mm -hmm. I, you know, we are running kind of low on time, but sure. I would love to hear any final thoughts or last minute advice that you'd like to share with our listeners um, today before we uh, hit the road. Final thoughts. It's always just keep going, get outside of your comfort zone all the time. <laughs> And um, find people that make you happy on this path and connect with them and just keep believing. Keep believing in your dreams. I don't, I don't care that that sounds corny. It's, it's true. If you've got a good idea, keep going for it. No, I think that that's fantastic. There's always ways to find, you know, a community or a path forward with your ideas. You know, there's just so many ways to solve problems. There's very few that only really has one solution. Yep. Um, so with that, everybody who's listening, I really encourage everyone to go and check out Tara Solar. Look up Jenny Yoshimoto on LinkedIn. Um, in the Keaton community, she's active on Epicenter. Uh, she works with the uh, UTSA SBDC and 10-bit work, Bakerspace in San Antonio. She's 
um, a shining star in our community. And I think that she could serve as a really great guidepost for you on your journey towards solar. And with that, I'm Joyce Dooley. And thank you, Jenny, for joining us today. Thank you so much, Joyce. That was wonderful talking with you. And same to you. Thanks again to Joyce Dooley for conducting this interview. We're going to be hearing more from Joyce in coming episodes. Thanks to Jenny Yoshimoto for giving her insights on today's episode. Thanks to NREL for sponsoring. And of course, thanks to you for listening. My name is Dylan, and we'll see you all next time.